This is the All Sports Podcast devoted to your favorite teams in North Texas. Welcome to Ballsy, a production of the Dallas Morning News and Sports Day. Our weekly show is proudly hosted. Okay, strike that. Our show is hosted by Kevin Sherrington, Evan Grant, and myself. I'm David Moore, and who knows, maybe we'll have a special guest or two along the way. In this episode, we'll be talking about the Texas Rangers. Catch other episodes by subscribing to the Ballsy Podcast on iTunes. We're also on social media. Just search Ballsy Podcast on Facebook and Twitter, and you'll be notified of the latest episode. Don't forget, it's Ballsy with a Z. Are you ready, sports fans? Ballsy starts now. Hello, everybody. Welcome into Ballsy, the Sports Day DFW Dallas Morning News podcast. I am Kevin Sherrington, joined in the studio today by Evan Grant and David Moore. And this is going to be our Rangers podcast. Uh, lots of news happening with the Rangers. You know, oh, wait a minute. Th- there's no news. Uh, no, there isn't right now. No. Well, the news is that nobody's taking the managerial job. No. Well, no, you say no one's taking it. You're, no one's been, it hasn't been offered, has it? Uh, you know, I think that, that there's probably some semantics some semantics really? involved. i think there were people that they were interested in um that they would have offered if they know known it would have been taken so uh, they didn't actually offer certainly michael young was at the top of that list raul abanez was at the top of that list um but those guys were not were not interested in the job uh the what, what is abanez doing he's a special assistant uh with the dodgers is he? And he was not interested in being a manager. No, he's. I think he's in the same situation as Michael. He's a guy in his mid, in yeah. his early to mid forties with a, a young family, and he made a ton of money. And right now, he values you know being around that family more. I really like. Really think he'd be a good manager. The interesting case was Rocco Baldelli. You know, Rocco. I, I think Rocco made it clear that ultimately he he was willing to manage. But I think maybe the Minnesota job had some special appeal to him. There's. There's some previous relationships there with with Derek Falvey, who who had worked in the Tampa organization, um, and I, you know I, I I think that it also does say that in some respects maybe Minnesota is a little bit more attractive of a job than the Rangers is right now. Could be, but I think I think the Rangers are to their to their credit they're also not pushing themselves to make a decision just to make a decision. Uh, they're they're going to continue. Yeah, to what's the hurry? Uh, and, and this week, I expect that they'll interview Chris Woodward from the Los Angeles Dodgers, third base coach. They mic'd him up at the World Series. Uh, it was really exciting. Well, that, that 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 probably <laughs> they also mic'd up Tom Good Tom Goodwin, but I don't think he's going to go very hard. Uh, what, what was what was so great about that was that somebody gets over to first base and they're talking to Goodwin and and uh, and they're and they're telling him stuff about the pitcher and, and Goodwin goes really. <laughs> it's like you're the coach. The soundbite that I liked from Tom Goodwin was after the big home run when he just went, "Yeah!" and they decided <laughs> to play that. Um, that was the most exciting thing he said. I think if the Rangers do interview anybody from the Red Sox, it would be Ron Renicky, who fits into like a different category. You know, if you've got Jace Tingler over here, who's a a young guy in your organization that came up through player development, you've got a guy like Woodward who played in the big leagues for ten years, and uh, is is still a young guy that kind of fits that mold of of where managers are going today, and you've got Renicky and Wakamatsu, who are guys who had some managerial experience in the big leagues, and maybe in the second go around, they've they've made some real adjustments that will m- allow them to make big leaps. So I think you've got three pots to kind of pick from, and I think that's kind of where they're at right now. Um, but 
I'm not that I, I I'm not that concerned that they don't have a manager right now because it's not like they're picking a manager for 2019. It's not like they're picking a manager uh, who's going to have a real say so or role in what they do to acquire big time players for for the next year. I think it's more important right now that they make sure that they've got the right guy for the future. Uh. I'm a little loath to say this, but you know, uh, it's different now. It's look here. Here's the thing, uh, and I'm not even going to bring up the fact that I uh, that I wrote about this. Yeah, because that oh. did not go well the last time. No, but the the but look here's the thing. You got a you got a man. You got three managers out there. Who, at least three managers out there who have won World Series recently. Well, I mean, Mike Sochis wasn't recently, but that was 16 years. It was 16 years ago. But listen, Mike Sochis is one of the most respected uh, managers in the game. No question about that. Uh, and then, and then you, and then you've got uh, Joe Girardi, who's already been taken out of two, taking himself out of two jobs. Apparently, he didn't have a shot at either one. Uh, I don't think. Uh, well, and, I, I think he would have been considered for the Reds' job, but, but he wasn't getting this job. No, and then John Farrell, who's with the Red Sox and won World Series there. So uh, I think what that tells you everything, that when all the people who are getting these jobs or interviewing for these jobs are guys who have no experience as managers at the major league level, and some of them not, no experience of managing anywhere. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's, that's how much everything has changed now. The game has changed completely in what, what, they're, what we're looking for in managers. And I think what everybody is trying to tell us is that, well, we're looking for somebody who can really connect with these guys. And there's no question that that's part of it. If you look at what – that whole Alex Cora thing at the World Series is just amazing to me. That he he was somewhere at in a restaurant. I guess it was with the players there, and there were parents there, and the parents were coming up to Alex Cora and thanking him for what they were he did for their sons. And it was like, what is this high school? I mean, when has this ever happened that parents of major league ball players are coming up to the manager and thanking him. But let me let me let me ask you this, okay? Yeah. I mean, we talk we we talk about this, we or we uh, big league GMs and big league executives talk about this, and I think throughout sports they talk about creating a family atmosphere. Well, if you've got family members actually coming up to the manager and thanking them, does that do a little bit more than actually pay lip service at some press conference when you say we want to create a family atmosphere? It's, I mean, that, that, there's no question about that. And if it gets you to perform to the level that you want to perform, then that's great. My point is, is that this is how much the game has changed. This is this is where we are now. We're, we're basically looking for a camp counselor as our manager. We're, we're not looking for we're not looking for Billy Martin, a guy making a brilliant decision at, at, at some point in the game to do something. That's like I'm, I'm watching the I'm watching the game last night. Uh, and mm-hmm. um, and at some point in the game. Uh, when uh, Devin McCourty got the uh, interception to pick six, and he goes yes. back all the way, and the guys in the of course I wouldn't have read this, but the, the, you know, the guys in the booth are saying, "Look, this is unbelievable in this coverage that the Patriots called right here, and that this, and of course they're giving all the credit, you know, to Bill Belichick for this. They're not not mm-hmm. talking about the defensive coordinator, but they're saying this was no one would have called this coverage at this point in the game. It's right. just a genius move, and it gets them a pick six, and it completely turns the complexion of the game." Because right before that, the Bills had had a, a touchdown call back. Well, again, baseball's become blackjack, and it's all about percentages, and it's all about um, making sure that you're you're making the higher percentage play rather than saying, okay, we want to surprise somebody here. Uh, does that create something more of a boring game, a, a predictable game? 
Yeah, but but for me, I don't like the reference camp counselor only in this regard. I want my manager in 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 this building, in where my son works, uh, anywhere to be able to connect with the employees and inspire them. I sure. don't need him making a brilliant uh, financial decision um, because, by and large. The brilliant financial decision is probably going to mean that somebody's going to lose their job. Um, like you? Yeah. I, I I want managers who connect with and inspire people. And that is what the baseball manager has become. He has become a middle manager. His department is that clubhouse. Why not interview psychologists? Well, see, that that's my point here. If you're really going to go, I mean, I've sat here for the last few weeks and listened to this, and, and it's it's remarkable how minimized the strategy element is. The the yeah, and, and it's like, I mean, I'm sitting here going like, after one episode, from what you described, it's like, just make John Blake the manager. Oh no, 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 no not John no. Blake. No, that's not gonna work. That well, but no questions but, for me. But, yeah, that's right. <laughs> but but I'm saying, I mean, it, you know, is he's been alternately described as like the. Uh, the, the face of the organization right. with no true power. Uh, the the guy who is there every day and has intimate inter, intimate interaction with everyone on in the club and, and needs to keep those lines of communication open. But really, he's just a conduit because he's not doing any of the heavy lifting well, or, th- or, or involved in the serious decision-making. No, th- and, and, and that's and, a good and point. And, and I've, it tilts the scale so much. It tilts the scale so much to the analytic. Look, Clearly, there's a place for analytics in all the sports, and it's always been there. It hasn't been called analytics, but it's always been there in some shape, shape or form. But but the pendulum has, has seemed to swung in this debate so far when it comes to the managers. I'm just going, do we really want to minimize what daily interaction and and you have to take the analytics? But there, there are times where intuition gives you... Uh, a leg up on the competition, not just going by because if, if all you're doing is going by the numbers, the other clubhouse is sitting there going, "Well, look, they're going to do this because this is what the this is what the the numbers say." Absolutely, so we there's, do this. There's been a lot of that, a lot of that in baseball, and I think that's why we've seen games go, you know, go forever. Along, and, yeah, and games get a little bit more boring. I do think that, you know, to your point, I understand what you're saying about Thirsty psychologists. Day. And and I think that there's you know I think you're you're speaking a little bit metaphorically, but also at the same time, you know the the idea of why so many of these ex players are now factors is you do want a guy who's got some level of expertise and who's shared experiences and who has risen from that. You do want a guy who can speak to the player in the language that he gets, sure. um, and you do want a guy who can. If if the clubhouse if the if the GM's office is going to send a message about playing time or something, you want a guy who can deliver it in frank, honest uh, words that don't come across as uh, you know just chewing somebody Condescending, out, flamatory. just giving, yeah, absolutely. Um, but but here, here's the thing, it, it, and, and I will it, I just will say this: the other part, the in-game stuff about managers. Is and I th- I think you know this, because of this analytics versus I, I think we you know we we end up it's it's like politics okay you're either sure. in analytics I think there's the Red Sox are a great combination of of doing both 
And I do think that there's – I think Alex Cora had some feel and some things uh, along those lines during the season. And I think the idea of the manager is not necessarily to quite try and say, okay, I'm going to make a brilliant move here, but what can I do to put this guy in the best place for success? Here's my point. You don't like the, the term camp counselor. My, my point is is that what the camp counselor do? Makes a kid feel good about himself. But I think Make, it makes it good. This is what Nunez said after the game in his interview with, with A-Rod. He said he's the that Alex Cora is the is the greatest manager I ever I ever had. He makes me feel he makes me believe in myself. He made me believe that I could be better than I really am. Duh. That's what this is. I'm telling you, it's a lot easier to find that guy. I'm telling you, it's a lot easier to find that manager. Because you, you talk about thinking outside the box, we'll just go completely outside the box here and just what David is saying, we'll just go get this guy over here because he's good with people, because he makes people feel good about themselves. It, what we were always looking for before in a manager or in a head coach or in a basketball court, what do people always say about Rick Carlisle, one of the top four coaches in the NBA, right? Because of the decisions he makes at the end of the game, like when he comes out of a timeout, the team doesn't make great plays. These are all the very definitive things about these guys, and they still have to do. In, it, it, there's no question about it in a basketball game or in a football game. In a baseball game, all of a sudden it's evolved into something completely different where we're asking guys, it's a 162-game schedule, brutal schedule. You know, uh, we're, we're asking you, we're going to make you feel good about what you're doing about yourselves. And I'm telling you, that's that's where we're headed in baseball. It just, it's not, And it's going to be a lot easier to find that kind of guy. In my mind, when we talk about Alex Cora – he, he did a great job with the Red Sox. He, he won it all in his, in his rookie season. But what does that tell you? That a rookie manager, his very first year as a manager, never done anything else, been a, been a player for a long time, but then he, but then he was in he was in an ESPN for a couple of, He sat for one year next to A.J. Hinch, and he wins the World Series. Right. You know, I think that tells you, first of all, that's a really good lineup. You know, it's a really well, and it's also you know, and, you and really sale good pitcher, Marcelo Price. Yeah. It's re- really good stuff, but that's what you want with that kind of team. You don't want a manager getting in the way of all of that anymore. You don't want a guy who's going to be volatile or or going to be. Well, what's the need problem. for a manager to be volatile? No, there's not. I mean, I, I agree with that. I, I mean, every every day you walk into the manager's office and they say, "Well, you don't want your players to get too high or too low." Okay, you don't want your players to get too high or too low then you show me that you've got the same personality. I think this was one of the problems the Rangers had with Jeff Bannister is too often there was, you know, he was too high and too often he was too low. Right. And you, who are you? I'm not, I'm not criticizing any right. of this. I'm just saying that, that this but is where I, we've gone. I, I think, think it's the a, connotation on camp counselor is kids. And I think what. You well, know, it's been done for the kids. It's been done for the younger players. For a lot of the younger players. Yeah. But, I, you know, I think one thing we heard from Most Jeff Bannister that, you know, kind of the first couple of years was like, all right, enough with this already is, man, this is a game played by men and, right. you know, my men. But the idea is then treat them like men. If you want right. to say that they're men, treat them like men. And it's the same thing that goes for any business. You want a manager. I said this before. You want a manager who's going to treat you with some degree of respect be honest and upfront, and then say, okay, this is what I need you to do in this situation. Now, the, the situation and what he asks you to do may be strategy that comes partly from him, may come partly from, from the front office, but now I've got your buy-in. Right. Now, now let's play this out down the road. So you have this person in for four to five years, you develop these relationships, and then from above, you're being told, well, no, the numbers say we're getting rid of this guy right now. Yeah. You believe, no, he has a, a value that enhances the organization beyond just what these numbers show. 
And then the player saying, well, you and I have a relationship. Are you not going to – can you not lobby for me? Do you not have a voice to say that I'm going to be here? And, well, and I think, I think it's managers- still all of this is going to evolve over time where you have a different – because it's, it's all relational. No matter how much you boil it down to analytics, it's all relational from an organizational standpoint. You know, and the, you have to find some common ground there. The, the question, like, on, on, in, your, in, your, in your area, you know, the question I always had is all these coaches wanted, they wanted personnel decisions. They wanted to be able to make personnel decisions. And I'm like, you're the coach. You know, coach the guys you got. Yeah. Um, but they want the personnel decisions. And, and every coach, every manager wants the maximum amount of control. Sure. It's incumbent. The, the GM and the manager have to work together to form a roster that works. And ultimately, the manager does have a voice in saying, I think this is what this guy brings. But here's where the GM, okay, now tell me why. Sure. And with the data and the information you have now, you have a better way to make a case. Whether you're the GM saying, I don't want this guy back. Or you're the manager saying, "I do want this guy back," and that's all anybody's asking. Here, here's here's make where, your, make your a case. lot of times you get gray areas where the numbers go well. You can Absolutely. argue it either way, and then and, how, and how many times have we written stories that, where yeah. we've used numbers that sure you know? I mean, it, sure. it is. It's what you can do whatever you want with the numbers. Here's what it's going to mean. Since Theo Epstein came in with the Red Sox in 2002, they won the World Series in 2004. Right. They have won. They have now won three World Series. Four. Four World Series. Four. four with, with seven, thirteen, eighteen. With three different managers. Yes. Yeah. All right. What's going to happen is there, there are going to be no more Mike Socius. There are not, there are not going to be a guy who's going to be a, the manager. I believe of a they've team. won four four World Series with three different GMs too. Is that right? Theo, uh, Ben Charrington. Yeah. And no relation. Dabrowski. Yeah. That's that's correct. It's that's, also a cost saving measure. It, look. You don't have to. I mean, really, absolutely. You, this is all. This is all part of that thing. Economics. You cannot tell me this is the deal. This was the genius of Theo Epstein. He started this organization and he changed it all around. And he created. That's that's what I was um, talking about. Is he created an organization? That's what everybody needs to do. That's what's more important for the Rangers right now. Not who they hire as the manager. The the the, the assistant general manager they just hired from the Cubs. I don't even know how to pronounce his name. Shiraz Raymond. Shiraz Raymond uh, is that. To me, that was the important hire. This is a guy who studied a lot of things and, and is looking at everything. He's quality control. He looks at everything and says, what are we doing this right? What's doing wrong? I want to know what that guy thinks. I don't care what the manager I, thinks. I, I, think, I think I agree with you on a lot of respects on that. Well, let me, let me well, just that's what you just, wrote the other day. Yes, because I think <laughs> infrastructure is the most important thing. But I also think that – you have the opportunity with this manager, knowing you're not going to win in 19 and not going to win in 20, that you can make him part of the infrastructure. And, and I just have to, grow with I you. just have to say, whenever you start going into broad characterizations, and it makes complete sense when you're talking about infrastructure over relationships, then you've got to have both. You just can't. If you have the infrastructure and your relationships with working with the manager up and the manager down right. aren't there, your infrastructure isn't going to matter. Let me let me tell you something. Correct. To your point about what happens when, oh, I've developed a relationship with this player and this player. Because here's, here's the deal. That manager is gone. You, you, this, this is a deal. Joe, Joe Madden is in Chicago. Joe Madden is the best manager in baseball, and he is going into the last year of his contract in, in Chicago. How is that possible? That, that a guy who has won for you, he's won a World Series recently, 
and he, and he had the team right there. You fired his his hitting coach, Chili Davis, because you because he didn't get the numbers you wanted. And I and I like Chili Davis. I'd love to see him be the the hitting coach of the Rangers. No shot, no shot. But my, I wouldn't my, say that. I mean, you know, if well, I, his, the complaint as he as he was quoted after that after he got fired was that I guess I don't connect with these millennials enough. Well, that's a death blow. <laughs> so 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 here here's the thing though, just what you got back to. The GMs don't they're not going to admit this, but guys like Jeff Luno, who is now the you know the the model for everybody what you want to do, that is as cold blooded as guys you're going to get. They don't we we are in charge here, pal. You are just a cog in the machine. Sure. And we're not going to pay you very much. We're going to hire you. You didn't have any experience. You hadn't won anything. We we brought you in. We allowed you to win. The and system that, and there will eventually the system creates success, That's not a, any and, individual. And, and as soon as you get too big sure. for your britches. You're out. I'll bring, I'll bring in the because next. You're and there will eventually, our system. There right. will eventually be some degree of pushback in the other direction. I think in the not-too-distant future, you're going to see some guys who were players become GMs again and that they will have some success. And they will become GMs because they have a better grip of analytics than the last generation before them. So they've got more information, more ability to process that stuff. I think but what they've also got... That's a leap to say that. I, I don't think so. I really don't. Everybody, everybody copies everybody else. And what's working right now is all these numbers geeks. But, so, but, but somebody is always looking for the competitive advantage and what's undervalued in the market. And somebody is going to identify in this market... Look, Michael, Mike, Mike Young could do whatever he wants in this market. Oh, you just love Michael Young. Um, in in another market, Raul Abanez could do whatever he wants eventually. Um, you know, I, I I think Gabe Kapler was heading down a role a, a road where he could have eventually, at some point in time, been a GM. And so I do think at some point somebody's going to say, "Okay, I want somebody who's got both baseball expertise, analytics expertise, and some degree of I can hire somebody on the financial." Okay. And so you will see somebody go down that road. And I think that manager, I think that GM will start to also value what you said about a manager. And maybe I think, I mean, that's, I just think, I think we're a long way from, I think that we're, we're running, we're, we're entering a stage here in baseball that's completely different from anything it's ever been. Uh, we're there. Well, yeah, no, that's what but I, mean. I think. We're it's early, also, I, I think, think we're, we're also going to see some degree of we're in the early stages of, of regression or change or evolve. Not as evolution. long as these teams keep winning. As long as you keep winning and you're doing it this way, this is what everybody's going to want to do. But, but, okay, what did Boston do? Boston won with an old school GM. They won with a manager who played baseball and who played a, a long time and didn't necessarily have a whole lot of managerial experience. Didn't have any none. Um, but that's what Boston won with this year. True, but they went with the model that we're talking about over the manager. But we've got to go now because Doug said it's time to go. I think okay. they're playing music. Somebody's playing music. Is that Doug? Oh, my gosh. We've got music going now. That, that's when it's telling us it's time to go. So is it time to they're go? Kind of like the Academy Awards. Uh, the music starts and we got to go. not. On. Yeah, except not. All right, everybody. Listen, we've had we've talked about uh, the Cowboys mm -hmm. and uh, and all their and their uneventful bye week. We talked about uh, colleges and and how teams from Texas stink, and uh, and we talked about the Rangers and and they stink too. Can I leave one coaching note? This is just a fascinating. It has nothing to do with any of the teams we talked about. Yeah, but you know the that uh, Cleveland just fired you, Jackson. Yeah, winning percentage of point two oh five. Yeah, 
Bill Belichick would have to lose his next 867 games <laughs> to drop to .205 winning percentage. And I think he's got a chance to do so that. So he would have to lose every game for the next 54 years. I think he's got a chance to. Think of that, Rangers, as you look for a manager. Years. Yeah, yeah, good. All right, well, this, is, this has been great. Uh, Robert Wolanski is coming into the, uh, into the studio to do a TV hit. Robert, of course, wrote a fantastic column uh, for the paper today about the interfaith vigil at uh, Congregation Sheriff Israel and about his experiences uh, over the weekend following the shooting at the synagogue in Pittsburgh. So uh, I'll be looking forward to hearing that. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Rangers Ballsy Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to our weekly episodes on iTunes. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter, too. Just search the Ballsy with a Z podcast. Until next time, sports fans, we'll see you.